Hello, everyone, and welcome to Root Tap Radio, the witch's podcast to all things flora, fauna, and spiritual. I'm your host, Bree, and every week we'll cover topics to feed you in knowledge and in spirit. Merry meet, witches and friends. How has your week been? My week has been good so far. I am double recording today, so... We're getting ready to have some friends over who I haven't seen in almost a year. No, it's been a year. Oh my goodness. Friends that we haven't seen in a year, and I am so excited. They're going to come over. We're going to have a fire, have some pizza. I'm so ready for it. (laughs) So as we've talked, I have reformatted how things work here at Rooftop Radio, and today... We are going to do our famous witch in history as their own episode. So I can't believe I didn't do this last episode, but settle in, grab a drink, and let's talk about Dion Fortune. So who is Dion Fortune? Dion Fortune is a British was a British occultist, ceremonial magician, novelist, and author. She wrote a ton of books, did a lot of spiritual work, established occult branches, and is an influence, a huge influence, on modern paganism. She was the co-founder of the Fraternity of the Inner Light, which is an occult organization that promoted philosophies that were taught to her by spiritual entities known as the Ascended Masters. We will get all into it in a minute. But let's start with Dion Fortune start. Dion Fortune was actually born Violet Mary Firth on December 6, 1890 in Wales. She was born to an upper middle class family who got their wealth from the steel industry. Basically, they made guns. Her grandfather's family motto was Dio no Fortuna meaning God, not luck. And this is where she got her pseudonym or her pen name or her magical name. Her parents were very active in their specific religious practice and they were Christians. Not much is known about Dion Fortune's early life. She was very private about it, so we don't know if she had siblings or anything like that. So we have to fast forward a little bit to teenage Violet, or Dion Fortune. She wrote two poetry books by her teens, which is just amazing. Her first book was Violets in 1904, and her second book was More Violets in 1906. Both were published books. And again, we're going to time skip a little bit, and... Dion is now in Horticultural College. She studied at the Studley Agricultural College, which advertised itself for, quote, being ideal for girls with psychological problems. Sounds lovely. (laughs) She was so good with the poultry, and it didn't specify what kind of poultry, but I'm going to guess like chickens and maybe some turkeys, but mostly chickens, I'm going to guess. 
that she became a staff member from January to April in 1913, but had a mental breakdown due to her abusive and mentally manipulating manager that she quit and returned to her parents' home. This actually is a huge turning point in her career. So because of all this, and during her recovery from her trauma at that college, she decided to study psychology and psychoanalysis at the University of London. And she was initially interested in the philosophies of Freud and Adler, but moved to Carl Jung. She worked as a psychotherapist counselor in a place close to Brunswick Square from 1914 to 1916. She became interested in esotericism through the teaching of the Theo Theosophical, Sci oh my goodness, Theosophical Society during lunchtime lectures. And the more she got into occultism, the more dissatisfied she became with psychotherapy. During World War I, she joined the Women's Land Army and was stationed in a, at a farm near Bishop Stortford then was relocated to an experimental base for food production department. This is where she began her experiments with soy products. And then she established a company selling soy milk products called Garden City Pure Food Company. It was at this time that she had a spiritual experience that further immersed herself into the occult and the idea of the Ascended Masters. Now, the Ascended Masters to her were very much on par with what I think. So like Jesus was an Ascended Master, Buddha was an Ascended Master. These people who were living man, living humans at one point, who attained such high spiritualism that they became an Ascended Master in their field and were a catalyst for propelling humanity forward kind of thing. Just to give you a little bit of background into what she means, because I'm going to say Ascended Master a whole lot of times. So just so you understand what an Ascended Master is in this context. So a little bit later in this time period for her, she joined an occult lodge headed by Theodore Moriarty, who she met during her psychotherapy days. He actually performed an exorcism on one of her patients. It was a bit wild. So if you want to go look that up, go look that up. <laughs> it was a bit wild. And then in 18, 18 goodness, 1919, she was inducted into the Alpha et Omega occult organization, which is a group that kind of falls under the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. In 1921, she believed she was being contacted by Ascended Masters, including Jesus, and used trance mediumship to translate their messages. And this is going to be a huge theme throughout her spiritual practices. In 1922, she and Charles Loveday received messages from the Masters that became The Cosmic Doctrine, so the book that she published, The Cosmic Doctrine. So she formed a group called Adeptus with Love Day, and she established lodges in Glastonbury and Bayswater, London. 
She meant for this to be a complimentary offshoot from Alpha at Omega, but she was expelled from the group when she brought this to their leader. Moyna Mathers was the leader at the time. The fight between the two turned catty when Mathers said it was because Fortune had the wrong signs in her aura that she kicked her out of the group and set cats, both physically and etheric, to attack Fortune. I... <laughs> I just had to have a good chuckle about that whole situation because having the wrong signs in her aura is why you kicked her out of the group. I feel like a more accurate depiction was she was threatened by her ambition is more what I'm thinking the idea was. So threatened by the ambition and therefore she set cats, both physical and ethereal cats, on her. Sadly, this will not be the first time that something gets set on Fortune, or Fortune says something was set on her. So it was after this that she joined the Christian Mystic Lodge in 1927 under Daisy Grove and quickly became president, so replaced Daisy. She didn't like how the Theosophical Society didn't focus on Master Jesus, so she seceded from that society and renamed the group so the Christian Mystic Lodge now became the Community of the Inner Light and eventually became the Fraternity of the Inner Light. And yes, she's a woman. I understand the whole thing about fraternity. There is a portion where she talks about all the members who were mostly women called each other brother. I didn't go too much into that. Uh, there wasn't much more that was available to somebody who's not privy to the lesser or greater mysteries in their organization, so I just let it be. Around this time, there was some quarrel over Himalayan mystic concepts with her and a few members of the, the Theosophist Society, uh, specifically with a man named Bomanji Wadia. Fortune said she's spoke to spiritual Himalayan masters, like talking to the Ascended Masters, but was not willing to speak favorably of them because she felt they were, quote, she felt they were not evil, but thought them alien and unsympathetic and hostile to my race. Good luck, girl. Good luck. <laughs> and then she went on to accuse Wadia of etheric attacks. I've pared this down a whole lot to hit the highlights of what information I found because it was kind of difficult to follow. I This is what I took away from the jumble of a paragraph that it was. So if you know more about this story, I would love to hear more about it because, oof, bad look. Bad look, girl. Anyway... In 1927, Dion Fortune married Tom Penry Evans, who was a Welsh medical doctor. She gave lectures which promoted the growth of her society. Fortune did this twice a week in 1928 and spoke at their Glastonbury property as well. In October 1927, the fraternity started issuing magazines called The Inner Light, they had a large readership, and most subscribers were actually located outside of Britain. Through this, they established initiation degrees into their order that were called the Lesser Mysteries and the Greater Mysteries. 
1930, Fortune allowed the system that she put in place for the Lesser Mysteries to just kind of marinate in its own work. She already did all the setting up. So that way she could focus on her own spiritual work because up to this point she had been pushing forward to help more people. She stepped down as the leader in 1931 and Loveday took over as the Magnus. She sort of moved away from the mediumship that we were talking about earlier, which her fraternity actually moved more towards. More people started doing this within the fraternity and she kind of stepped back into a more ritualistic space. In 1933, Evans and Fortune, their marriage had a whole lot of tension and it was tearing it apart. There were rumors of affairs and they eventually just divorced. Fortune took up residence in the Belfry, which was a converted Presbyterian chapel. And here she created the Rites of Isis and the Rites of Pan. Her articles in the Inner Light were collected together and published as Mystical Meditations Upon the Collects in 1930, which was about Christian commitments. Spiritualism of the Light of Occult Science in 1931, which was about reservations about spiritualism, basically distinction between spiritualist mediums and cosmic mediums or ascended masters. Avalon of the Heart, which was published in 1934. Practical Occultism in Daily Life, which I couldn't find the year for, but that was aimed at a general readership. Sane Occultism. The Mystic Kabbalah, which is articles that she wrote about the Hermetic Kabbalah. And this one is considered a milestone in her esoteric career. From 1939 to 1942, during World War I, she organized meditations and visualizations to protect Great Britain from attacks. She planned for the coming age of Aquarius that she believed was coming when the U.S. joined the war in 1941 because she believed that we would go into the age of Aquarius after the war, which I mean she wasn't wrong but she was off a little bit. She started making plans to unite the European occultist but she died of leukemia when the war ended. She died in January 6th 1946, at the age of 55, in Middlesex, England. Loveday, who became Magnus of the fraternity, died very shortly after her, and they were both buried in the same graveyard. The fraternity still survives today and has more branches. I will leave links to both. They are still the fraternity of the inner light, and the other one that I found that seems associated is the fraternity of the hidden light. Dion Fortune was a huge influence on modern paganism, especially in Wicca. I will include her Goodreads link, which will show all of the many works that she did, but she authored seven novels that I'll go through right now, if you are not able to click on that link. So she authored Machinery of the Mind in 1922, which was a collection of lectures on women coming to terms with sexual urges that were taboo at the time. The Soya Bean, an appeal to humanitarians in 1925. This was on her findings about soybeans. The Secrets of Dr. Taverner in 1926. 
Dr. Taverner was based on Moriarty protecting humans from etheric vampires, which I kind of want to read this one. That sounds good. The Cosmic Doctrine in 1949, which was Messages from the Ascended Masters, The Principles of Esoteric Medicine in 1927, which was private collection for her students. You probably won't be able to find this. It was written while channeling a master of medicine. The Demon Lover, 1927, which was her first occult novel. The Problem of Purity in 1928, the last book where she appears as Violet Firth and now goes in, on to being Dion Fortune. The Esoteric Orders and Their Work in 1928 on her specific esoteric beliefs. The Training and Work of the Initiate in 1930, which was a companion to the above book. Psychic Self-Defense, which is a very well-known book of hers in 1930. It has a lot of autobiographical elements and one of her most popular prints. According to the historian Claire Fanger, this book is part anecdotal evidence, part do-it-yourself exorcism manual, part autobiography, and some part no-doubt fiction. The Winged Bull in 1935, which was her second occult novel. The Goat-Footed God, which in 1936, which was her third occult novel. The Sea Priestess, 1938, which was her fourth occult novel. And Moon Magic, which went unfinished until her protege completed the work by channeling Blavatsky's spirit and published it after Fortune's death. Again, this is just a general overview of Dion Fortune, and there is so many more things that you can learn about her. Please go and read her books if you want to know more about her esoteric career and her con contributions to occultism. I couldn't find any really good books about her, specifically like biographical, um, though there are some websites, so I'll leave links to those in the show notes as well. If this has been something that has interested you, I hope that you will go on to read her works and read more about her. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I hope that you have learned something from something from this episode that you didn't know if you already knew about Dion Fortune. And if you had no idea who she was, I hope that you will research her more. If you are interested in following me more on social media, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at root underscore tap underscore radio. You can find me on my website at www.roottapradio.com. You can email me at roottap underscore radio at yahoo.com, and I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope you all have a beautiful week ahead, and until next time, merry part, my friends. Thank you.